Fantasy Football Faithful. It's your boy, Matty Kiwoom, and welcome to the latest episode of Kiwoom and Jones Fantasy Football Show. Week one is here, ladies and gentlemen, so you know we are going to throw an absolute certified grade A banger of an episode. I am not currently joined, actually, by my co-host, Chris Jones. He will hop on momentarily, but we do have a very special guest for you tonight. He is the co-host of the Fantasy Jones podcast, a writer at the Game Day NFL. This is undoubtedly the conductor driving the Rashad Penny breakout <laughs> hype train. No doubt about that. He is a returning guest, and after the Fantasy Football Expo, I think I can call him a friend, Mr. Frank Amarante. How's it going, brother? What's up, man? Hell yeah, you can call me a friend. You're a beauty. It was great meeting you and your buddies and Jones and everyone, and uh, can't wait to next for next year to see you again. And who knows, maybe if I'm around your neck of the woods, we go grab a beer or two. But uh, yes, having sir. said that, can't wait to talk football. It's finally here. All the discussion all the over analysis all the <laughs> hot takes come to fruition and we see what happens now the cards are on the table you know it's a this time of year is a tradition that's becoming uh more and more common as the years go on but it's the the annual time of year where the zero rb draft strategists are starting rex burkhead and amir abdullah to start week one. So those are always the fun ones to see how teams, this is when rubber meets the road week one. We got some stats to bite into just a couple of days away. Super, super excited. Got a few segments that we're going to do here tonight with our guest, Frank. But before we jump into the fun stuff, let's just go through some news and notes. Mitch Trubisky was named the week one starter at Pitts for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The commander's running back, Brian Robinson, is off crutches. Frank, let me ask you this real quick. How do you see this position playing out over the course of the season? Well, um, it's really unfortunate that, that what happened to Brian Robinson is great that he's okay. And it's oh, also so even cherry on top that he's not going to really miss too much time. Seems that he'll be back after four games. Uh, Antonio Gibson, you got to think it's back to what it looks like last year early on with Robinson out in that Gibson will get those early down carries, the red zone touches, whereas McKissick will be the past catching back. But I think even if Gibson does well in these four games, it's clear that they liked Brian Robinson and they have plans for him in the offense. So I don't think he'll just be parked on the bench just because if Gibson were to play well. So I think it'll still end up being sort of like a a three-back committee. And, uh, you know, it's kind of almost similar to the Patriots in the sense of like James White as the pass catching back, that's McKissick and Gibson and and Robinson are basically the versions of Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. So it'll be something like that, I would say. Yeah, definitely. If you have Antonio Gibson, we'll talk a little bit more about him. So I won't dive in too much. But what you're really ultimately hoping for, I believe, is for him to break away a couple screen passes, kind of like what he did last year against the Bills. Something that truly flashes so that when Robinson is back, and obviously all of us in the fantasy community, NFL community, all want him back healthy because what happened was absolutely insane. So we're all rooting for him. But fantasy-wise, I think this is a chance for Gibson to truly eat. He's got some good matchups early on in these four games. So if you got him, it's time to uh to get I think a little bit excited for the first month. Moving on, slant boy Michael Thomas appears to be on track to play in week one. 
By all indications, Lamar Jackson will not be getting an extension from the Baltimore Ravens. He has set a deadline for this upcoming Friday. So maybe you, by the time you listen to this very podcast, there will be a resolution, but signs are pointing to no extension. JC Jackson is not expected to play in week one, but who uh, the Raiders will be, I mean, the Chargers will be going against the Raiders and they will plan to play with Darren Waller in their lineup. Ken Walker remains sidelined. Isaiah McKenzie has fully returned to Bill's practice. He looks like a full go on opening night Thursday against the defending champs. And last but not least, Damian Pierce is listed as running back one in Houston. Surprise, surprise. Are you in or are you out on Damian Pierce? Well, I will say if he's in the fourth round, I'm totally out on that just because I'm looking at receivers there. I love Allen Robinson, and that's usually his average draft position. But I do see the appeal in that, you know, he's just skyrocketed up this depth chart. There's a ton of opportunity. Uh, I know it's a bad team, still projected to be bad. They have like a four and a half win total. But we saw James Robinson produce at a high level on a poor Jaguars team. Not to say Damian Pierce will be James Robinson, but the situation is a little bit similar in that it's a rookie that came out of nowhere, just flew up the depth chart and is slated for a ton of volume. And I know people may say like, oh, the Marlon Mack release doesn't mean much. To me, it does in the sense that it's just showing more trust in Damian Pierce from the coaches. Like they clearly think he can handle the workload. All that, the only one behind him is Rex Burkhead, who's a 31-year-old supporting player his whole career. Mm-hmm. Like he's a PPR kind of stash if you went zero RB or whatever, but he's nothing really... Uh, worth noting to like drive you off of Damian Pierce what drives me off of Pierce is that yeah like I said his price went to the fourth round and he's a fourth round rookie it's tough to buy in there but if I like in a build where I drafted you know I waited on RB and I didn't take one until the fifth round and he's there he fits perfectly in that lineup construction because I need someone with upside and who will get volume. So mm-hmm. it really depends on where he falls in the draft and what my team is looking like. Definitely. And most of you know, a lot of drafts have wrapped up at this point. So if you drafted in the early part of the summer, you probably have Damian. If you've drafted Pierce, you have him at a tremendous, tremendous value. And the upside's there. Uh, the Houston Texans are showing all the confidence in this kid. So I think as a fantasy team builder, we probably should too. But you've kind of hit all the nails on the head there about Pierce. I don't really have much rebuttal. So let's go ahead and move on to the first segment tonight. What do you say, Frank? Let's do it. Let's do it. So we're going to play a little game called Swiper No Swipey. Okay, so this is in redraft leagues. Should you trade for these players? Should you try to swipe them away from your league mates before they hit the field? So the guys on this list, Right. They are uh, they were a little they're on the fence throughout the offseason, throughout the preseason. So after this first week, there's got their, you know, their value could theoretically skyrocket or plummet. So are we swiping these guys away from the league mates? First two guys are second year quarterbacks. So this is probably more of a super flex two QB discussion, maybe in super deep one QBs, I guess. But Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, are you trying to swipe either away from one of your league mates before it's too late? Well, let's start with Trevor Lawrence. And I would say absolutely yes. Like this was a generational quarterback prospect held back by ridiculously bad coaching from Urban Meyer now gets a Super Bowl winning coach in Doug Peterson who helped Carson Wentz really develop in the early parts of his career. You know, now he's got Christian Kirk who, despite being overpaid, he's underrated in terms of his skill. 
I think he'll do really well. Um, Travis Etienne, his college teammate, he's a weapon out of the backfield. So Lawrence's supporting cast has improved. He's got sneaky rushing ability, ran for over 300 yards last year. This is someone you should try to get right now because, you know, week one, he takes on Washington, who are vulnerable in the secondary. If Lawrence has a big week, people are going to be like, oh, he's arrived. Like, it's going to be like, oh, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence has arrived. You're going to see those tweets. And then it'll be very difficult for you to trade for him. So now's the time if you want him. If you weren't able to draft him and you wanted him, you need to make the trade before week one. Going on to Justin Fields, absolutely yes as well. Why? Well, last year he still put up strong rushing production despite the fact that for whatever dumb reason, Matt Nagy didn't really call plays that were like designed <laughs> designed runs for him. What? With... He's good at running? Let's not now. Let's stay away from that part. Yeah, exactly. So I, I saw a stat from the 33rd team, that great new uh, tool that they have there called The Edge. I would encourage you to check it out to the listeners i'm sure you probably did maddie but um oh yeah what it said basically is like fields's design runs he had less he had fewer than mac jones now i know fields started fewer games than mac jones so i looked at another comp he had uh fewer than daniel jones like fields is a dynamic runner so the fact that he ran for i believe it was over 400 maybe more if i'm correct me if i'm wrong I think now this year you got to expect the new coaching staff to really uh, design more plays where he can run like that. And the rushing upside is really high. So I think you need to get fields now if you want him. I'm going to agree with you completely on Trevor Lawrence. I think this could be a potential statement game on the road. Um, And last year, even through his struggles, he had 40 money throws, which was 40th, uh, uh, 40 money throws, which is fourth highest among qualified quarterbacks. So he's got the skill set. And as far as uh, Justin Fields, you said 400 plus. You were correct on that, sir. 420 rushing yards and had 35 rushing yards per game. Both statistics were good for number five amongst uh, qualified quarterbacks. So the guy's got the talent in the legs. But the only play, the only little pushback I'll give is I think you wait on trying to make a, a Justin Fields trade. Basically just one week. So a week from when you're listening to the show is when you want to pounce. And they have a low over-under against a pretty solid 49ers pasty. And I just think that this could be a game where he may get you uh, a 18, 19 fantasy points, but that comes from his legs and just kind of keeping the team going. But I think after that you pounce because he's got, you know, sky high limit and, you know, that's just what you want, especially out of a QB two and super flex type of leagues. You know what I'm saying? Like, those oh, yeah. are where you can truly, truly catch in. Uh, this next guy, I really was excited to talk to you about, Frank. It's your boy, Rashad Penny. Seems like the the temperature on this guy, the climate surrounding Rashad Penny is still a little uncertain. It's a, it's warm, but it's not as hot as it should be, maybe. So are you trying to swipe Rashad Penny in any league that you didn't draft, which I know is probably none? <laughs> well, for one, like I, I mentioned this on Twitter, like he's ranked, in, he goes in like the fifth round on my home leagues, which is on Yahoo. So it was hard for me to take him there because again, I like taking a receiver. I could take Bateman, Rashad Bateman there. I could take Elijah Moore. So it was tougher for me to get him in those leagues, but I did have him in several others, like some high stakes, some underdog. But to sum it up, to get to your point, is that if you took Rashad Penny, and you don't think about starting him now, then you had no point of drafting him because mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker is likely not going to play. I know Denver is a tough matchup, 
but they're at home. And, you know, Penny is the lead back totally. I don't buy this Travis Homer stuff. Maybe he'll take away a few third downs, but it's Penny. This is going to be a run-heavy team. And you run the risk. If you if you want him and you don't trade for him before week one, since you missed on him in the draft, you run the risk that he really excels with Walker being out of the lineup. And then, you know, Pete Carroll, he's shown that he will ride the hot hand, even though they drafted someone in the second round. Like, look, when Chris Carson ran hot mm-hmm. in, in Rashad Penny's rookie year, even though they took Penny in the first round, they still rode with Carson. So I, that could definitely happen. Uh, and I think Penny has all the talent to really be an efficient runner. He won't average like the absurd yards per carry he did during that crazy stretch where he ran for like over 500. Went crazy. Over, like, he went like 190, then 170 in back-to-back games. We yeah. don't need him to do that. But I think what that did show is that he's a really good runner when he's fully healthy. And right now he's fully healthy. And it seems like the Seahawks, even though their offensive line isn't good, at pass blocking, you don't go running like that down the stretch without having some sort of good run blocking. Mm-hmm. So I think their running game will be pretty good. And I think there'll be a little bit of a scrappy team that, you know, covers the spread, keeps it closer than people expect. Maybe not wins a lot of games. Maybe they win five or six, but they won't be like getting blown out every week. And the other point I wanted to say is even if they're down, let's say 10 points, do you really see them? making Geno Smith just drop back because they're playing from behind. No, they're going to still run the ball because that's what they view as their strength. And so, yeah, if you want Rashad Penny, you have to trade for him now because yeah, like I said, you run the risk, he goes off with Walker. So on the whole Rashad Penny, Kenneth Walker front, I think I, I can't really disagree with you much here. I think this is Rashad Penny's season as long as he's healthy. Cause you also have to remember too, he's a former number one, a first round pick who's playing for that next contract. And I think Pete Carroll is, good, uh, is like a popular enough guy throughout his players. And a little yeah. is that because of that, he's a player's guy and he's not going to, he's going to do right by Penny and he's going to slowly get Walker in. And to your point, I think that absolutely they'll run it down 10. They're going to have to be down 17 to 20 before they really start chucking. Exactly. It, it was a small sample size with Gino last year, but he did show a decent amount of accuracy. He, when he had a clean pocket, he was he completed damn near 80% of his passes. He had a 57 deep ball completion percentage and a true completion percentage over 70%, which is pretty solid. And I think they're going to try to be conservative with that. They're going to make him pick his spots, kind of go downfield when when possible with you know the, his pass catchers because he still has dynamic pass catchers. And he also has no offense. So they probably will keep like allow him to toss the ball. But I think overall, you're looking at a Rashad Penny backfield. Uh, when you're talking about Kenneth Walker, having said all that though, I do think you wait to make a trade because the matchup's not great. And if they are in comeback mode and don't ride him, plus he's one of those guys that has such a fragile uh, kind of vibe to him that if he busts week one, his, his stock might drop insanely and allow you to absolutely get some good return if you make a trade. So I'm, I'm going to absolutely, I think I'm going to trade for Rashad Penny, but it might be after week one. So moving on to the next guy, speaking to the next guy, the man, the myth, the legend, fantasy football certified lover boys in the building, Chris Jones. I am so glad you're able to hop on. What's up, my brother? What's going on? What's going on? Been crazy at uh, coach land, man. Life's tough. I know. Big dogs out here coaching some the youth in football. About to get another stadium. Get, get you one of those rings, baby. <laughs> 
Uh, dude, I, I would love life if I got one of those. Let's go. So, What's Jonesy, up, we, we, uh... What's going on, Frank? <laughs> I know. It's nice to see Frank, right? Repping, <laughs> repping the, the goods. Repping the goods. Revving the fantasy football. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Up in the goods. Like we said at the top of the show, you know, we all got to hang out, mingle. Even Jones and I got to share a few adult beverages. So it was a pretty, pretty sweet uh, opportunity for all of us, pretty much. But uh, Jonesy, we're doing the swipe or no swipey segment. So we're talking about if team builders should trade for these players right before week one and swipe them away from their league mates in redraft leagues. Mm -hmm. So the next guy I want to talk about, we mentioned him briefly at the top of the show. Antonio Gibson. Jonesy, are you swiping him away? Damn right I am. Kidding me? It's my guy. Listen, this is a, a third or fourth round talent that you, that has been getting people who's been getting redrafts in like the eighth or ninth round. I understand the the whole Brian Robinson situation that happened earlier and the fact that mm-hmm. if he comes back, they think Gibson takes a lesser role. I think Gibson's gonna ball out these first couple of weeks and I think they're gonna rely on the hot hand and I'm 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 rolling in. I'm going, hey, I'll take it for whatever you're willing to give right now because I think he's going to be great. Frank? Well, for me, I think you got to ride with Gibson now. You Well, if you're trying to trade for him, you don't want to wait till this after this stretch. Now's the time because Robinson is out. He'll likely be out for four weeks. Like you mentioned earlier, Maddie, uh, he's got a few good matchups, including week one against Jacksonville. Uh, I have I have been fading Gibson throughout the offseason, but then he fell to a price, like you said, Jones, that uh, it was it was good. It was good enough to to buy in. And uh, I had one of my home league drafts the other night. I went, you know, receiver, quarterback, tight end heavy. I only had a one RB. I needed RB two. grabbed Antonio Gibson in like the eighth round. And it works perfectly because now you he, you got to feel comfortable with him. It's basically the same situation as last year with McKissick. So he's definitely a solid RB2 in this, like this. Uh, I'm definitely trying to trade for him now. If you're, if you're, you know, if you have conviction, if you believe in it, Gibson, do it now because after next, after this week, it'll be too late. Either he fumbles and gets benched and you don't want him, or he'll do well and you won't be able to get him. So do it now. Uh, Real quick, we don't have to really dive into it, but I traded Ramondre Stevenson for Antonio Gibson in my keeper league. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, it's it's a pretty even deal. I like Ramondre as well. So yeah. I'm going to put thumb sideways. Thumb sideways deal. Jonesy? I'm going to go right now. I'm going to go here. But I think in a couple years, when Antonio Gibson's still running the football and Ramondre Stevenson is slowly working his way out to New England as they bring in their, their other running back, I'll give you a thumbs up. Okay, so it, it was a fair deal. See, I see you across the board. Okay, that those are the type of deals that you don't necessarily love to make, but you end up making them because you just get your guy. I want to talk about another running back, a uh, young guy who has been pretty polarizing in his own right throughout his young career. Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Frank, are you just trying to swipe him away before week one? I think I'd say yes, just because uh, it's a situation where if he if it, all it will take is one game of the Chiefs showing trust in him and giving him, you know, the lead role in that backfield, and then his value will really jump. Uh, so, and if they don't in week one, it looks like it'll be more the same. So you don't, you wouldn't really want him anyway. So if you want him and you miss him in your draft, yeah, go for it because, you know, Ronald Jones is still apparently fourth string. Pacheco showed mm-hmm. flashes, but he's like a kick returner right now. 
there's a chance that CH leads this backfield and they need more help with Tyreek Hill gone. Maybe he gets a little more checkdowns, even though it seems like McKinnon will be the one who gets those receiving those targets. But I would say if you do want him to go for him, and it will be if you need an RB2. Jones, what do you have to add on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and are you going to swipe him away? I've never been a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire guy, and you can't convince me to be a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire guy. So I'm not trying to swipe anything away. Swipe or no swipey. Swipe or no swipey. So Jones is not swiping Hilaire. (laughs) Uh, I am not trying to swipe him away right now either because I don't think his stock changes all that much after this game. If he does well, the haters will say it was luck, and it's only a matter of time. If he does bad, it'll just go down even more. But I do kind of – I've grown to like him throughout the offseason. It's just – the Chiefs keep telling us they're going to give him the first true crack. I mean, he plays with the ones, he rests with the ones, while the other guys are kind of tr- giving their own tryouts. And I do believe this offense probably runs optimally with a guy like Pacheco in the backfield. You know, he's got the size, the speed, he's got the burst. Uh, he seems like a potential playmaker. So I do think that overall that he is probably looking like their best option. But if he can't find the hole, which he's had problems in, that's what she said. And Clyde <laughs> Edwards Hilaire is able to just kind of plug away like he has. I think he's, like you said, Frank, a solid RB2. He's kind of been that over his career. I know people have always expected a lot more. And if you took him over Jonathan Taylor in the rookie drafts of 2020, you know, you hate this guy. And I understand that. <laughs> but if you kind of can acquire him on the low, I think you prove to be okay. You know, he seems to hover around those double digits. And that's what you need out of a running back, too, for sure. Moving on to the next guy. I mean, we just have polarizing player after polarizing player on this list. And I think we did it on purpose. Gabe Davis from the Buffalo Bills playing an opening night Thursday at the Super Bowl champs. Jones, are you trying to swipe Gabe Davis before Thursday? It's probably going to be a little late. By the time you're hearing this, you probably won't even have a chance. But for the sake of the discussion, are you trying to swipe away Gabe Davis? No. Because I don't (laughs) – I listen, this – Bill's offense. It's Stephon Diggs, in my opinion, Dawson Knox, and then I think Josh Allen's getting a bunch of rushing attempts. I don't see Gabe Davis getting as many targets as people think he's going to get. Like, he's never finished higher than wide receiver 37 in his two years. I don't understand why we think he's going to take that big leap this year. And also, I think Isaiah McKenzie's role is getting underplayed a little bit because I think he's going to ball out. And he'll, he might overtake Gabe Davis on some some targets. Frank? Well, I think Gabe Dave, I'm a little bit more optimistic in that it's a unique situation where they just didn't give him enough playing time. And then when they did down the stretch last year, he had over 80% of the snaps, like the last four or five games. And then, of course, we saw that huge game against Kansas City. But the thing is here that uh, whoever took Gabe Davis in your league likely took him in the fourth or fifth round. And that's an expensive price uh, that I wasn't really buying in on. And it wasn't because I don't like the player. I just don't like the price. So he's already really at that kind of peak value that it's not even worth it to trade for him at this point. It's more worth it. Like you wait, see if he start gets off to a slow start and maybe uh, whoever rosters Gabe Davis in your league gets discouraged in that he's already an unproven player. And now he's off to a slow start. So that would be the move I would make. 
When it comes to Gabe Davis, I got him ranked as my wide receiver 33 this week. He's in a tier uh, that could, you know, kind of be comparable to guys I like as high as wide receiver 26. So if you like Gabe Davis, go ahead and get him. If he goes off on Thursday night football, that window will shut and it will be locked and you will never, ever have a chance to get Gabe Davis at any type of value for probably the rest of the season. And, you know, Jalen Ramsey, because he's on the Rams, people I think tend to think that the Rams are shut down secondary. Last year, they were the second most advantageous defense for opposing wide receivers. So he could eat. And these these Thursday night openers, they just seem to be absolute fantasy shootouts. Remember last year, Dallas and Tampa Bay, Amari Cooper went for like 35 points. Antonio Brown had a touchdown. I think Godwin went off. Like everybody ate. And I think that's kind of what you see when you have two good teams having all summer to prep for week one. And I think this week is no different. Uh, the the over-under matches exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I believe they have one of the highest in the slate at 52. You guys are the more gambling guys, so you could probably uh, confirm that. Or not, but I do believe they have like a top five or six uh, over-under. So they, they do. Vegas expects them to shoot out as well. So get Gabe Davis now, in my opinion, or it might be too late. Last guy we're going to talk about on the list is another wide receiver, Deontay Johnson. Frank, are you trying to swipe him away before week one? I'm not going to try to swipe him away because uh, word is he's banged up. I'm just pulling up the update right now. A friend of mine had told me, and I'm going to get it to you right now. He's battling a shoulder injury, and it says they won't commit to him playing in week one. So it's not really the time to buy him. I mean – like wait and let's say you wait this week and he misses the game and then that player that team starts 0-1 you might have more of a chance to trade for him as far as his outlook you know he's a target hog he's shown the ability to command a heavy target share I know they added George Pickens but they did lose Juju I still think he'll be like a rock solid wide receiver too so if you do like him you can maybe throw in an offer uh, let's say like Gabe Davis, maybe you can trade for him because Johnson is the much more stable asset there, much more proven. That would be a potential offer to make, especially if Davis, you know, has a solid first game. But again, it is risky when you trade a potential breakout who starts off hot. But to sum it up, it just depends. If I need a receiver, I might, I need that stable type of receiver. Like, let's say I went, waited on it and I went with breakouts like Rashad Bateman, and Elijah Moore, who are still, they haven't done it yet, even though we love their talent. Maybe trading for Deontay Johnson to like give you that safe type of receiver would help out in that situation. For sure. Jonesy, what, do we do, what would you like to do about Deontay Johnson? Um, I will gladly stack him. For two reasons. One, people are downplaying him because they think that Mitch Trubisky isn't good. Mitch Trubisky is very good. I want that on the record right now. Whoa. I, all right, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Very. Hold on. Let me rephrase it. Let me rephrase it. I think. Mediocrely good. Is that I think that right? Mitch Trubisky is much better than people are giving him credit for. Is that better? Fair enough. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Lawyered. Yes. Sorry. My, my, my brain hurts. I was up late last night. And here I am, just you know. He, Jones was too busy around. hyping up the locker room. He had to use big words like "very." He can't be telling his guys uh, that I before a game. I don't know. I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell my boys that I just to get their confidence up even more, get the blood flowing. But yeah. no, I mean, I I like Deontay Johnson. He's gonna get monster 
target numbers again. He just, it's what he does best. And I think in order for him to do that, he needs to ball out. And I think he'll start off very, very hot if he's not banged up, like Frank said. So I will gladly, gladly move him. I am, I'm not going to trade for him. I'm not going to try to swipe him because one, I don't think he's really going to come at too much of a value Two, that injury, that shoulder injury. I don't want that to become a problem over the course of the season. Remember he did get paid. So that could kind of lend the uh, Steelers to slow play any type of injuries and make sure he's right for when the games matter most. And on the third part of that thought here, um, there's a lot of variables, a lot of things, a lot of questions to be answered in that offense. New quarterback, they have a new potential alpha. You know, they love George Pickens. Claypool's still there. Fry Moot's still there. And Najee Harris is still there. They still have a bad offensive line, and their defense is probably not going to be able to support much given their, you know, potential offensive struggles. There is a ceiling that is, I would say, pretty high with the Steelers team, no doubt, but it's still too many question marks for me to buy in right away. And if I did not get Deontay in the draft, I am not going to try to swipe uh, before week one. That's going to wrap up swipe or no swipey. But since we're on the topic of week one, let's just go ahead and dive right in. If you've listened to the show last season, then you know that Jones and I like to drop our takes before the week kicks off so that if we're right, we can victory lap on that ass. And if we're wrong, we'll deny, deny, deny. So this year, we're going to do the exact same thing and do some week one takes with our guest here. Frank, why don't you go first uh, with the lock of the week? All right. My lock of the week is that the Kansas City Chiefs are just going to take care of the Cardinals on the road. The spread opened up at three. It's now gotten up to five and a half. And there's a distinct mismatch here in that the Chiefs have an elite offensive line. The Cardinals lost Chandler Jones and didn't replace him. Mahomes is likely to have a clean pocket and pick apart this Arizona defense. And I don't think the Cardinals offense have enough firepower as it stands right now with DeAndre Hopkins suspended, Zach Ertz banged up, Rondale Moore even a little banged up. They lost Christian Kirk. I don't think they could keep pace. And I think the Chiefs will cover that. Even though it's up to five and a half, I'm still good with it. I think they win by 10 or more. And uh, despite what Mahomes said about how, you know, sorry, fantasy players, we're going to spread it around with the receivers. I don't really buy it. I think Juju is going to be the clear top fantasy option out of the receivers. I think he'll get off to a strong start here. He's on a short term deal. He's got to prove to the NFL that he's got it still. And I think he'll thrive with Mahomes. Word out of camp was he, they had a nice rapport. So the lock is that the Chiefs take care of business and Juju provides strong fantasy production in week one let's say at least top 20 juju oh i love it get that get those cards in you know get those get that money in so you can make that money on sunday jones what is your lock of the week uh it is uh not only my guy but this is frank's guy as well uh he's gonna finish wide receiver one this week uh and that's none other than frank's number one overall pick justin jefferson uh justin jefferson Last year, at home against Green Bay, 10 targets, 8 receptions for 169 yards and 2 touchdowns. I think they're very pass-heavy this year with uh, the new offense scheme. I uh, think of the Rams last year and how much they threw the football. I think we're going to see a little bit there. So I think Jefferson's going to get a ton of targets. I think he carries out, he balls out, and the Vikings are going to roll over Green Bay, and it's going to be because of Justin Jefferson's play. Jay Jetta, wide receiver one. This week, Sarso. Okay, I got JJ as my number one wide receiver this week as well. So you will uh, gladly. Same, me too. 
Well, okay, which is the three best friend that, that anyone's ever had. And I love that. So <laughs> my lock of the week is Stefan Diggs. He, I think he's going to ball out this week. I, you know, like I said earlier, uh, you hear the Rams, you immediately think Jalen Ramsey, but last year he had a 44% shadow rate, which was number nine amongst qualified cornerbacks. So he doesn't necessarily follow guys around the field as much as you think a, a shutdown guy may do. Uh, he allowed 1.41 fantasy points per target. That's not good to be 20th. And he had eight fantasy points allowed per game, which was number 64 amongst qualified quarterback uh, cornerbacks. And as a unit, LA gave up, like I said earlier, the second most fantasy points against wide receivers in 2021. So I think Stefan Diggs, goes off on Thursday night and finishes as a top five wideout is my lock of the mother effing week. I want to add something quick. Uh, I hit up Diggs is receiving yards prop at 69 and a half. I like it a lot, especially considering Mm. Gabe Davis was 60 and a half. They should not be that close. Diggs is an established alpha wide receiver one, a target hog, and you're getting him only nine yards more than Gabe Davis. I know Davis is, you know, exciting and all, but come on. I had to take that value, and I love your call there. That's definitely good. I mean, he could honestly get a 42-yard pass on the opening drive. He has that yeah. type of uh, – he can get open at that type of uh, rate. And it could just be one of those, I'm going to take it straight to Ramsey. These guys are the best, and sometimes it doesn't matter if they're going against the best. They can still be the best in that yep. matchup. So get Stefan Diggs as the lock of the week. Moving on to the bust of the week. Oh, the one we don't like to admit. Don't tell whoever we're going to talk about. We don't want them to hate our podcast. Jones, who is your bust of the week? It's none other than quarterback. Of the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow? So Joe Burrow, in his three games against the Steelers in his career, has never thrown for over more over more than 215 yards. Um, he's gotten three touchdowns once in a, in kind of like a blowout game. But I just – he's going to struggle week one, especially with the Super Bowl hangover. It's a really big thing. These teams that, that lose in the Super Bowl always start off slow the following season. And I think Joe, especially because, one, he's also banked up. And he hasn't played a ton in the preseason. Mm-hmm. And, two, I just think the way that the Steelers' defense is, they're aggressive. They're going to be in his face the entire time. I understand that the Bengals went all in on their own line this offseason, but I think Joe Burrow is the absolute boss of the week. I have him ranked as my QB 10. Am I too high on him? Yeah, I think he goes way lower than that. Oh, okay. I'll have to take that into consideration. Frank, who is your bust for week one? Uh, my bust for week one is going to be a common bust among the fantasy community. It's just Cam Akers. I don't trust him coming off the mm-hmm. torn Achilles. Sometimes mm-hmm. people are still ranking him a little high. Uh, I have him like RB30 right now. I have no interest. Even though it's a shootout, I think they'll split with Daryl Henderson. And I just, I'm not optimistic on him at all. Achilles have been the ultimate killjoy over the past couple of weeks. Uh, let's hope and just pray that it isn't the absolute case that we're all fearing the worst. My bust of the week is a running back, and I'm going to play with my gut a little bit here. Uh, it's Leonard Fournette. They are minus five favorites. Uh, actually, I have him less than I have him five spots lower than than consensus. That's what I meant to say. Dallas is the 26th worst defense to play uh, running backs against in fantasy. They had the second best rush DVOA in 2021. This t- this game has the fourth highest over under at 51 points, 
And uh, I think that could present a lot of passing opportunities. And you've heard buzz around camp that they love Rashad White in the pass game. He did come out as the number two running back on the depth chart from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if Leonard Fournette struggles and can't get you know his rhythm going between the tackles, if that affects the passing game at all, I think all of a sudden you see Rashad White getting more uh, touches. Like I said, the consensus had him at running back 11. I had him at 17. So I have uh, Leonard Fournette as my bust of the week. Moving on to something that's new for season two. Now that Jones is doing a lot of DFS content, we got to get some DFS content on this damn show. So, Frank, who is your best cheap DFS play? However you want to define it, whatever platform you want to talk about. All right. Well, for one, it really sucks because I'm up in Ontario, Canada. We don't have FanDuel or DraftKings DFS anymore. But so, so for that reason, I don't know the salaries, but I know for sure this player is cheap. And I'm going to go with Isaiah Likely as a punt tight end play for the Ravens. And, you know, the reason is I know he's a backup tight end, but you can't look at it like that because the Ravens have a really unconventional offense. They play a lot of two tight end, even three tight end sets. He's the third option in this passing game behind Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman and likely looked amazing in training camp and preseason. It's a good matchup against the Jets. Putting him at tight end as a punt play allows you to really uh, jam in some more studs. And I think, you know, we see it every year. Some players come out of nowhere. Elijah Mitchell last year, um, James Robinson the year before, even Darren Waller when he broke out, he really came out of nowhere. He was like, just came from um, a really hyped up training cab player. So you never know, really. You just got to just take a shot here, and he's super cheap, so why not? Isaiah Likely on FanDuel is uh, 4,100. Oh, damn. Yeah, so he's almost stone man there. Oh, that's a good play, for sure. That's a great play. Jonesy, the floor is yours. Your best cheap DFS play. Oh, was easy one. Um, So I've stopped myself from doing one of two things. One, I stopped myself from doing uh, week one, Sammy Watkins, because it happens every year, <laughs> the last couple of years. So I stopped myself from doing that. But what I'm going to do, getting him at plus 5,600 via FanDuel, I'm actually going to take Brandon Ayuk this week over the Bears. Um, seeing the numbers with Lance, obviously they haven't been fantastic, but there's been some potential. Um, he's had a seven for 85 and a touchdown and six for 90, uh, a, a four for 94 as well. So I see the upside there, and I think he's going to be the wide receiver that's going to get the most looks from Lance, uh, not Debo, maybe Kittle, but for wide receiver purposes. So I'm going to go Brandon Ayuk as my DFS uh, best cheap of the week. Remember last week, Brandon Ayuk. Yep, that's why. It's kind of Ayuk. why I picked it, honestly. Just, <laughs> just so you would say it like that again. <laughs> so my best cheap DFS play is Dallas Goddard. He's 4,400 on DraftKings. That's the eighth highest on the main slate. You can save about $2,000 uh, uh, pivoting off the two highest tight ends on the slate. And I have him ranked as my tight end five. Uh, and if I, you take out Dalton Schultz, who's my tight, I mean, my tight end four, you kind of have to slide Dallas Goddard right up there. So he, I definitely have him up there in week one. Uh, Detroit was the 11th best matchup for opposing tight ends. Philadelphia had the fifth fastest pace in neutral game scripts last year, and they are only a four-point favorite on the road, which makes it basically a pick em. Right, guys? That's pretty much the uh, the game there. So you're thinking it could be a close game, which means the Eagles could actually open up the passing attack. So give me Dallas Goddard for 4,400 on DraftKings. 
Moving on to the last take before we say goodnight. It's my favorite. It's the bold take of the week. Uh, we're going to end the show with yours, Frank, since you're our guest. So I'll go first. I'm saying Matt Ryan posts a top 10 quarterback week. I have him ranked as my QB 13, so I do have him high. Uh, and I think he can get you know exceed even my expectations. Even though he's got one of the lowest projected pass attempts on the slate, he could be hyper-efficient against Houston's secondary. Houston last year was 29th in pass DVOA uh, in 2021. And Indy are favorites, uh, seven-point favorites on the road. Uh, so they're going to have to score. They're going to have to get a lead to uh, you know make that come to fruition. I think that can absolutely happen with their new quarterback in Matt Ryan Jones tell the people listening your bold take of the week and make it bold baby oh I gotta go on boy Hold you on. better you better me I had stats to pull up for this one I think let me just double check it but it has to do with a quarterback um a top quarterback actually finishing outside of the top 15 this week and that quarterback is none other than Mr. Kyler Murray. Okay. I think okay. Kyler Murray is going to finish outside the top 15 this week. Everybody thinks that Arizona versus Casey is going to be a shootout, but Murray's targets aren't what, what they used, what they were last year. I think not having D-Hop, Hollywood Brown has missed so many times with some offseason um, incidents. Get Zach Ertz as like your number one option. Not, not great. Uh, Rondale Moore has to take that step forward. They lost Christian Kirk. I just this is where I think we start to see the fall of Kyler Murray, fantasy wise. Um, and some of my drafts he wasn't even drafted. Realistically, which wow. is wild to me, right? That's I, wild. I, I would see a bunch of other quarterbacks go before Kyler Murray did. Wow. Interesting. So I think he's going to finish outside the top fifteen. Start off Do this week. Either of you boys play Call of Duty. Do you happen to dabble in COD? I do. I, <laughs> I do. never really did, to be honest. Do you know if it's a double XP weekend, Jonesy? <laughs> because if you're gonna be if if COD's gonna be a poppin', Kyler Murray is not gonna be a studying, according to the uh, Arizona Cardinals, needing him to study harder. On uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But anyway, that kind of plays what Frank said earlier about the Chiefs absolutely dominating in Week One. But this is what everyone came here for. This is why people are viewing us. Is it a double XP weekend? Uh, so all platforms, September 9th to September 12th. All right. So, yeah. So fade Kyler Murray this weekend. You heard it here first. Kewman Jones, sit Kyler Murray because it is a Call of Duty double XP weekend. So you know your boy's <laughs> going to be on them sticks. Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> this is why the folks came here tonight. This is why they're listening to hear Frank Amarante's bold take for week one. All right. So I'm going to go off of and add on to what we, a player we spoke about earlier. <clears throat> I have him ranked at quarterback 13, and it's Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to finish in the top 10 for this week. Like I said, it just, it's going to be the start of his year two leap. He's got a huge coaching upgrade. I think he'll shred this Washington secondary in an upset win for the Jaguars. I think he's going to find Christian Kirk early and often. I'm really high on Kirk as well and finishing as a top 24 receiver this week. I think we're really going to say that Trevor Lawrence has arrived after his strong performance against Washington. 
Love that. And big shout out to my man, Tyler St. Jean, the host of the Grand Slam Fantasy Sports Podcast. He's big, big, big Trevor Lawrence fan this week. So he's going to absolutely love you here and uh, love here you saying that, Frank. Uh, I know you got to get out of here. You got a pretty big time draft to get to. But before we call it quits, Frank, tell our listeners where they can find you on socials and where they can check out your content. Well, you can find me at F-A-M-M-I-R-A-N-T-E-T-F-J at Twitter. Always talking uh, football, love to with my followers or even non-followers. Love, just love talking the game. And uh, my content, you'll see weekly ranks up at the game day. You'll also find betting content there. I will also be tweeting my betting picks um, each uh, Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. Um, and you know, just hit me up there. I love talking football. And thanks again, guys. And also check for my podcast, The Fantasy Jones, which we're working on with my buddy Carlos, who you guys met. He's looking to get into it too. Good old Carlos, baby. (laughs) Yeah, so check for that. And uh, guys, uh, you're one of my favorites in the fantasy industry. So thanks again for having me on. You're so sweet. Yeah, I mean, not you're a handsome devil, but you're also sweet. You're the total package, Frank Jonesy. (laughs) Holla at these people. Tell them where they can check out your stuff and show love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find me at uh, C Jones two twelve twelve on Twitter. Uh, make sure you follow on the pod as well at Q and Jones. Make sure you follow us on TikTok as well at Q and Jones underscore because Manny and I are going to be dropping some fire content late soon. Yes, sir. And while you're in the following spirit, go ahead and throw me a follow on Twitter. I'm at Matty Kiwum, and you can get my articles coming out on playerprofiler.com. He's Jones. I'm Kiwum. This is Kiwum and Jones. Tune in next time. Peace.